stay somewhere, be around Hebrews chapter 10, 11, 12. That's kind of, we're going to have a few verses in there. But other than that, we're going to be like in Psalms and just kind of, kind of all over the place. Just kind of jumping around a little bit. But, maybe you have done this. I've done this before in my life. Maybe you have felt close to God at camp. But at home, you never feel as close to God as you do at camp. In fact, maybe when you come back home, uh, you feel as though you've even drifted from God within a couple of weeks after camp. So tonight, I'm just curious, is that anybody here? Has anybody ever felt that? Am I just the only one? Okay, a lot of us. So tonight, though, I'm going to talk about how we can stay close to God after camp, okay? So that's what we're talking about tonight. The first point tonight is that to stay close to God after camp is, first of all, we have to believe that God can be close to us. We have to believe that God can be close to you and God wants to be close to you. One of the best chapters, I think, in the whole Bible is Psalm chapter 23. And it's that chapter where it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. It's just a great chapter about experiencing the presence of God. And in that chapter, Psalm 23, verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's easy to believe that God wants to be close to us when we're on the mountain, but it's hard to believe that God wants to be close to us when we're in the valley, in the valleys of life. But God doesn't want to meet you only when you're away. Like, when we go out to the mountain, like, we can be away from things at home that are kind of tough. Like, you could be away from a tough home life. You could be away from a struggle that you have at home. But God doesn't just want to meet you when you're away from those things at camp. God wants to meet you in the valley in the middle of those things. The God that met you at that one song during worship time wants to meet you here in that struggle. The God that met you at Pondo wants to meet you here in your porn addiction. The God you met on the mountain wants to meet you here in the valley. It says, even in the valley of the shadow of death. Ouch. (laughs) Thanks, John. So, this isn't a nice valley. It's not that God just wants to meet us like down here at home in the good times either. It's the valley of the shadow of death. This is our darkest moments, our darkest times, all the things that we're struggling with, surrounded by evil. Like when you're at camp, you're in this very Christianese environment. Everybody's just like praising God. You get like, you know, your buzz group time, and like everybody's there in some way, shape, or form, and is kind of open to the idea of at least listening about God. But you come home. And you go to your school campuses, maybe in your own house. Like, people are not open to the truth of Scripture. They're not open to the things of God. And so you go from being on the mountain, surrounded by this good, godly Christian influence, to a place where it feels like sometimes you're surrounded by darkness in the valley of the shadow of death. But the Bible says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Did you know that God wants to be close to you? It's not that God just wants you to be close to him, but God himself wants to be close to you. God himself wants to seek after your heart. 
So we often think of our faith like, I need to be close to God. But look at how it all started. God himself took the initiative, right? God wanted to be close to us. He was far from us because of our sin. But God took the initiative and wanting to be close to us, he died on a cross for our sins so he could be close with us. That's why Jesus came, to, to bring us back in close unity with God. And so the first thing you have to do is believe that God can and wants to be close to you. The next thing is that you have to believe that you can be close to God. So God can be close to you, but you also have to believe that you can be close to God. Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 6. It says, And without faith, it is, impo- it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God, be close to God, must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. I saw this uh, quote from a baseball player named Yogi Berra, an old baseball player. He said, Baseball is 90% mental the other half is physical. So first of all, this guy just needs to learn math, right? Like basic fractions. He said it's 90% mental. The other half is physical. So I don't know. I mean, this was before Common Core, so I don't know like what failed him. But some, something failed this guy. But if you want to be close to God, sometimes we think of it as like, okay, it's like 90% faith, like 10% going to church, 90% this, 10% that. But the Bible says... If you want to draw near to God, you must believe that he exists. And then I also have to believe another thing. I have to believe that he rewards those who seek him. So I believe in the existence of God. And I also have to believe that God has a reward for me when I seek him. Michael Phelps, I don't know, in this section I just got some athlete quotes, whatever. Michael Phelps, uh, the, the guy, I think he won the most Olympic gold medals for any swimmer ever, probably. So he said, there will be mistakes, but with hard work, with belief, with confidence and trust in yourself and those around you, there are no limits. Well, I change that, apply it to our faith and say, there will be mistakes, but with belief, confidence and trust in God and his reward for you, have to believe God and believe in the reward that he has for me, there are no limits. But sometimes it's hard for us to believe that God wants to reward us. That's what the Bible says. We have to say to ourselves, God wants to reward me. We have to say that. Let's say it. God wants to reward me. You guys got to say it like you believe it. God wants to reward me. Right? That's what the Bible says. You got to believe he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. You have to believe it to receive it. But like Jose, our our camp speaker, he said, the enemy is going to question what God's going to do in your life. The enemy is going to say, did God really say that he will be close to you? Did God really say that you can be close to him? Did God really say that he has a reward for you? And to that you can respond, yeah, he did say. I have it on good authority right here in God's word, Hebrews eleven six. God said that he wants to reward me when I seek him. The next way that we can stay close to God after camp is to stay in the word of God. Now, I know this might sound like a pretty church, churchy kind of answer, but we're going to kind of get into it. Like, oh, I need to read my Bible, then I'll be close to God. Well, the answer isn't exactly that simple because it also depends on how you're reading your Bible. That determines whether or not you're going to be close to God. And pretty soon throughout this school year, we're going to be doing some Bible plans together to help you guys with that if you've been struggling with spiritual habits or anything like that. But there's this verse in Psalm chapter 119. 
uh, verse 9 through 11. It says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know the first world problem that we kind of have as a church sometimes? Just, I mean, some of church. It's storage. Storage is a problem here. If you ever just, just go look. Just go look in the storage. It can get messy. You know, we got like preschool. I mean, look at our room right now. Literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> like storage, right? Storage problems sometimes. Obviously, the preschool has been gracious to, I mean, we've got construction going on. That's why this is in here. But um, storage can be a struggle. Right, because we got different churches using it. We got the preschool. We got us. We got Kids Cove. And so with storage, things can get kind of messy. I mean, a, a while back we cleaned out uh, the Kids Cove storage, and there's just a bunch of like old games, stuff that we weren't using anymore that we just threw away. Rena wasn't there when we did it, so she was kind of like, "Jared, I wanted this." It's okay, man. It's okay. We'll buy a new one. But storage can be a struggle sometimes. All right. But I want you to imagine that your heart is a storage room. If your heart was a storage room, what kind of stuff would be in there? Are you storing things in there that are wasting your space? Are there lies being stored in there about the way God sees you? Are there lies being stored in there saying that God doesn't want to reward you? That God doesn't want to be close to you? Are there lies saying that nobody loves you? Are there lies that keep you from drawing close to God while you're here in the valley. This Bible verse, verse 11, it says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So if our heart is a storage room, God's word is meant to fill that place in an organized way, hopefully. But God's word is meant to fill that place so we can access God's word when we need it in our lives, right? So I lost my spot. That's okay. So it says, restore my word, your word in my heart. But we don't just read the Bible to learn. We read the Bible to relearn. Because you guys know a lot of stuff about a lot of things. But a lot of the stuff that we hear is actually just not true. A lot of the stuff you read on social media is just not true. And so when you have truth on a topic, say that topic is uh, self-image. Say that topic is sexuality. Whatever that topic may be, you have learned things about that topic that are not true. So you need to go to the truth of God's word to relearn what you should learn about that topic, right? So the Bible is not just a learning tool, it is really a relearning tool. We look at the Bible to relearn what is the real truth on the things that we're dealing with in our everyday life. So that way, if you store up God's word in your heart, the enemy attacks you, you can respond with scripture because you have it in your heart. You can use even the verses from earlier when the enemy attacks you, like saying, hey, God actually wants to be close to me. Even though I'm in this valley of the shadow of death and I'm not in camp right now, he is with me. His rod and staff, they comfort me. So you can bring these verses to the table when you're struggling down here. But real talk. Everybody say real talk. Real, real talk. talk. Some of you guys have a good looking storage room of scripture in your head, but your heart is empty. It's empty. You could have a lot of, I mean, you could read the Bible all the time or whatever. You can know a lot about God in your head. But the storage room of your heart is empty because you don't let it get from your head to your heart. You read your Bible without the expectation that God has something to say to you. You read your Bible with, 
really what you're doing there is you're minimizing God and his power and the way God wants to speak into your life. And you're closing your ears. Like, I'm trying, as I'm growing in my walk with the Lord, every time I read the Bible, I'm just trying to say, like, what is God trying to say to me personally? Like, did God write the Bible for everyone? Yeah, of course. But God wrote it for you. Like, God has a message that he wants to speak to you right now through his word. I'm going to do a little experiment real quick. Um, how about Josh Ortiz? Hold on, my phone's on airplane so, mode. I'm just saying, somebody is calling you. Don't put me on voicemail, bro. All right, just leave on speaker for a sec. Okay, put you on speaker? Yep. Anybody feel the awkwardness? A little bit? Good, you're supposed to. Okay, I'll hang it out. Good job. Here's the point. When you answer a phone call, you expect to hear something, right? Especially if they're calling you, right? If they're calling you, that's just weird. Have you ever picked up the phone, hello, and then like they don't talk? It kind of is creepy, right? It's kind of creepy because you expect them to talk to you. Um, that's just kind of that's just kind of what you do. So when I call Josh and I don't say anything, it's just kind of weird, right? Here's the deal. This is what happens when you open your Bible. God is going ring, ring. Everybody say ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. God will stop to you. God has something to say to you through His Word. The question is, are you expecting Him to say something, or are you just kind of awkwardly sitting there? Are you ready to listen? to what God wants to say to you? Are you going to believe for the reward he wants to speak into your life when you open the word of God? Will you sit there long enough to hear him? Will you be patient to wait for God to speak to you through his word? The next way that we can stay close to God is talk with God. If you want to walk with God, you have to talk with God. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, When you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. There's that word reward again. So this is how I get the reward of being near to God. He didn't say when you pray, I want you to get into your car and I want you to drive two hours up north outside the mountains of San Bernardino to Camp Pondo. And I want you to get the Pondo worship band to all come out and play that one song that you really love. And then you get down on your knees and you pray and then that's where God's going to meet you. That's how you can find God. Jesus didn't say that. He said when you pray... Go into your closet to pray. Nice. When you pray, go to your closet. Go somewhere private. Go somewhere quiet and see how God will reward you. That's where God wants to meet you. It's crazy to me, like, to experience God in his full power, Jesus said, just go somewhere quiet. Just chill out, bro. Just go be with God. It's that, yes, it is that simple. God made it really easy for you to know him because God wants to be close to you. He didn't want to make it hard for you. Do you have a hard time with prayer? Do you have a hard time maybe with consistency uh, with prayer? Something I do to help me is I have some different alarms on my phone that I'll set to pray for different things. Like you could have an alarm to pray for an Oikos member at a certain time of the day. You can have an alarm to pray a prayer of confession, confess your sins to God. You can have an alarm uh, to pray for thankfulness, to thank God for different things. So that can remind you throughout your day, not just in the morning or in the night when you do your devotions,
but throughout your day to have an attitude of communion, of fellowship with God uh, while you're going out throughout your daily things. So we have to talk with God. The next way that we can stay close to God after camp, and I feel a rant coming here, is stay in church. Now you're like, Jared, you are... You work at church. Of course you're going to tell me to go to church. Because if we didn't, you wouldn't have a job. Well, that's a little bit true. But even still, long before I worked at churches, I went to church, okay? So, yeah, stay in church. I volunteer at churches. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. How can we encourage each other to love better? How can we encourage each other, stir up one another for good works to live out the Christian life? The Bible says you got to meet up. you got to meet up. You aren't supposed to do this thing on an island all by yourself. you got to meet up and be with other Christians. Don't neglect being together. It doesn't say that if you miss a church service, you're the worst person ever. What it says is don't get in the habit. Everybody say habit. Habit. Don't get in the habit of neglecting meeting up with other Christians in the church. I want you to imagine that you have a little brother or sister if you don't. Your little brother or sister, they're really little at this time, maybe just like a toddler's age. And they don't really want to eat food. You try really hard to get them to eat their food. Get them to eat healthy food especially because they got to grow, you know, be strong. But they just don't want to do it. They don't want to eat. They don't want to drink. And you can really only get them to eat their food about once a month. You can really only get them to take a drink about maybe once every three months. And you're listening to me. You're like, that would be a dead toddler, right? They would not make it. And you're right. They would be dead, right? I just can't help but wonder, like, if we're, if we're so concerned about our own physical bodies and maintaining those, how much more should we worry about feeding our soul? That's going to be around for eternity, right? Our soul is going to be around for eternity. How are you supposed to be spiritually alive and close to God if you have a spiritual diet that is killing you spiritually because you neglect being with the people of God? It doesn't make sense, right? We all need to be fed spiritually. And part of that is obviously in our own devotional life, but also meeting with people of God. I hear, I've heard adults say like, um, you know, I can just have my relationship with God. I can just read my Bible on my own. And, um, and then I don't need to go to church. Well, like you can't have a relationship with God without going to church, but it's probably not going to be a very good one because guess what? You're reading your Bible on your own. Let's just pretend. Let's do that. So I'm a person, I'm not going to church, I'm reading my Bible, I'm trying to grow my relationship to God. Okay, let's read the Bible. Do not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some. Well, now I have a choice to make. Am I going to be obedient to what God says or not, right? So you go to the Bible, the Bible says, meet up. The church is the body of Christ. We need each other, we need to encourage each other to build one another up. Don't neglect Meeting, to, meeting together. I don't know about you guys, but like, I'm not strong enough to live the Christian life on my own. I'm not. You're probably not either. We are made to do this with each other. That's literally the reason why God made the church. We didn't make the church. I didn't make the church. 
Pastor Elijah didn't make the church. People thousands of years ago didn't make it. Jesus made the church. Jesus said, I will build my church. Okay? So, we're made to do this together. The Bible isn't saying never miss church. It's just questioning what is your habit. And it's easy for us to say, okay, just for this sports season, I'm not going to be in church for four months. Well, during the summer, I got a lot of family trips going on. I'm just not going to be at church for these four months over the summer or just this school year or whatever it may be. And it adds up and up and up. Now, there's ways like if you got sports on Wednesday night, come to church on Sunday, right? So there's ways that you can do it without missing church for like months and months straight. But if you are spiritually starving yourself from being around the fellowship and encouragement of your brothers and sisters in Christ, you're going to feel that over time. So don't neglect meeting together. There's a million reasons to miss church. There's always going to be. There's a couple of good reasons to go. There's actually a lot of good reasons to go. But one is to know God better. We know God better. We learn about God through his word. And the other is to be encouraged by other believers and encourage them. So you got to ask yourself when the time comes, when the busyness of life hits in, you got all these things going on to balance with school and all your activities. Like, what do you value? What do you value most? And like I said, it doesn't have to be every Wednesday, every Sunday, but it, it should be something, right? should be something on a regular basis. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 is the last verse we're looking at tonight. Uh, this is a verse uh, Joshua Cheese mentioned in his testimony. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The last point tonight, the last way that we stay close to God is to run towards Jesus. And I know that might sound like, okay, I know I'm supposed to run towards Jesus. Like, that's an obvious answer, Jared. But here's the deal. Sometimes we feel far from God because we're chasing a camp high and we're not chasing Christ. They're different. They're different. Christ is not a camp high. Christ is God Almighty. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and end. He's the first and the last. He's the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us, and we behold His glory. Like, that's who Christ is. Christ is far greater than any camp high. So if your goal is to chase a camp high at home, you will fail. Because guess what? You're not a camp. If you chase a camp high when you're not a camp, you're not going to get it because you're not a camp. Like, I feel like that's a logical thing to say right <laughs> but what we do is we come home we chase this camp high like it's this experience or like it's this like special thing but like look god doesn't ask you to chase a camp high he asks you he says run after jesus you're running this race looking at christ and nothing else if your goal is to chase after christ you will succeed the goal shouldn't just be momentum abby do you have a fidget spinner yeah. all right can you, can you just throw that at me I forgot to ask you for it earlier. Oh, my bad. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 No, it's fine. He broke Charge it. it. What's your one? Actually, oh, okay. This one is not uh, he broke spin that. Broke Did it, was it spinning good before yeah. you threw it? Oh. 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 I heard it's like 50 bucks a pop. Too. Yeah. All right, anyways. This still That's like work. limited edition, too. I got to keep going. 
So, here's the deal. So, when you go to camp, there's a lot of spiritual momentum that happens in your life, right? It's kind of like you're spinning this wheel really, really, really fast, okay? You're running after Christ and then it stops, right? That actually helps me with my illustration, though, so we're good. But you're, you're running really fast after Christ, and that's the momentum that you have at camp. And to keep the momentum of this going, you've got to keep exerting the same amount of force or a greater amount of force in order to keep the wheel spinning at the exact same pace. So if this is my camp high right here, in order to keep this going, I have to have like another camp high the next week or the next week. I have to have like just all these crazy experiences back to back to back to back to keep it going at the same pace. And if I have something that slows it down, if I hit this with a slower speed, it slows it down, even though I'm still going in the same direction. Our goal shouldn't be momentum. It should really just be to keep moving forward. I want to imagine you're doing a race, and it's like a 10-mile race, and there's two people racing, and one of them, his method of winning this race is he's going to sprint as fast as he can, and then when he gets tired, he's going to stop, take a break, not move. And then he gets his energy again. He's going to sprint as fast as he can, probably a little more tired this time because he was sprinting, right? And then stop and get a break. And he does this for 10 miles straight. And the other person, what they do is they just jog the whole time. Whenever they feel maybe like a little tired, they'll just kind of walk a little bit. Then they'll jog again, and then they'll walk a little bit. Who's going to win the race? It's the slower guy, right? Because he's just focusing on finishing the race. He's not focusing exactly on uh, the, the height of that moment. Now, sometimes in life, like spiritually, you're going to have moments where like you're sprinting, you're at camp, you're on a mission trip, uh, even sometimes at home. I hope this happens for you even at home, right? Momentum is going to be there. God is going to give you that and praise God if that happens. But this isn't the goal. The goal is just to keep moving forward after Christ. Because if your Christian life is... Camp, 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 home. Camp, 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 home. It stops. You're not moving forward, right? You're not going to get very far spiritually if that's the way you're trying to live the Christian life. So it should be, the goal shouldn't be the momentum. The goal should be just to keep moving forward, keep looking after Christ. And like when you get home, if this is your pace, I'm cool with that. If this is your pace, you pray once a day for one minute a day, and that's the pace you're at right now, that's cool. Keep moving forward. Next week, let's let's be with God for two minutes a day. Next week, let's be with God for three minutes. And as you're going and going and going, you grow in that spiritual momentum. You grow closer to God. But the point is just to pursue Christ, not to pursue an experience. Because an experience is temporal, but he is eternal. The goal shouldn't be to go 100 miles per hour all the time. It's just to keep going. And that's how you stay close to God after camp. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you made a way for us to be close to you through your son, Jesus. We thank you so much for your love and grace that you've given us through him. Sacrifice for our sins, Lord. I pray for these students, God, that as we're back home from camp, that they would take the practical steps they need to do to draw close to you. God, that they wouldn't seek a camp high, but they would just seek Christ. That they would just run this race with endurance, not in pursuit of momentum, but just in pursuit of you. And if the momentum comes, God, we thank you and praise you for that. If it doesn't, we thank you and praise you for that too, God, because we know that 
you, you're with us in the slow times, you're with us in the fast times, you're with us in the mountains, you're with us in the valleys, God. I just pray that our eyes would be always on you through it all. I pray that you give these students uh, consistency with prayer, with the word. And if they're having a hard time with that, that they would talk to a leader or another student about that. And God, most of all, we just want to look to you, Lord. We want to say you are our God. You are so good. And we love you. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.